With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Dilly Ding Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner, and I'm joined today inside the bowels of the King Power Stadium by Jordan Blackwell, my colleague from Mercury Towers. I can't really call it Mercury Towers anymore since we're more, more, more a Mercury Masonette in Newark these days. But uh, he's joined me down the King Power Stadium. We've had Craig Shakespeare's pre-match press conference ahead of the visit of Watford on Saturday here. Um, to start with the team news, Jordan. Uh, news on Wes Morgan. He was he played it a bit cagey last week, didn't he? Saying he was touch and go to face West Bromwich Albion. It's a bit more emphatic the team news this time, isn't it? Yep. He's uh, Craig Shakespeare said that Wes Morgan is definitely out. He said no red herrings this time. He he won't play um, against Watford on Saturday. Um, he said that Wes has not yet trained fully with the team, but he is expecting him to do so next week. Uh, and he said he would be in contention for Manchester City uh, a week on Saturday. It's been a, a bit of a troublesome time for Wes. I mean, he's got, he's got a, an impeccable record in terms of uh, consecutive appearances. And then, you know, he has the back injury, which kept him out for six games, I believe, and then come back for the Atletico Madrid. And now he's set to, to miss a third game with a stretched hamstring. Uh, it's been a bit of an issue, hasn't it, in the last few weeks? Yes, but I, I, I think... They were the club were right to take a gamble on on playing Morgan in the um, in the Atletico game. I think if, if he clearly was fit enough, he played he played pretty well for for most of the game. Um, so I think that was a gamble worth taking. And that when you rush a player back a little bit, those sorts of things do happen where they where they might pull a hamstring as Wes seems to have done. Um, but yes, it's it's it'll be um, disappointing for him. Uh, for a player that's so used to to playing every week and captaining his his team every week. The other team news was that um, City had quite a few walking wounded after the uh, win at the Hawthorns last weekend, including Robert Huth had a swollen ankle. Um, Shakespeare revealed that after the game. Uh, But it seems like everybody else is fit now. They've all been able to train today. They didn't have a full complement on Monday, but everybody's been uh, able to train. So I can't imagine. There's only really Wes Morgan, Papimendi and Molawagai that... uh, are definitely going to be out, and two of those are long term for the rest of the season. Yes, so it's um, you know a pretty much full strength squad. I think Morgan is the only one that that would be in the starting eleven if he was fit. Um, so yeah, it, Leicester for this stage of the season, that that that's pretty good, I would say, because I think this, you know we've seen a lot of other teams around the league pick up a, a few injuries, but uh, Leicester have got a, a good squad going into these final four games where they're really looking to push on and, and finish in the top half. Now, early in the broadcast section of the uh, press conference, there's two sections. The second part is embargoed. The first part isn't. Uh, he was asked about the future of Casper Schmeichel and the fact that he changed his agent uh, recently. I mean, that's been seen as... Uh, uh, by certainly stoked the speculation that he could be on his way out of the King Power Stadium. Uh, uh, I've just been looking at what um, Craig has had to say because he, he does mention it again in a bit more depth in the embargo section, so I have to be careful what I say here. But uh, he did say that um, he's entitled to uh, change his agent if his agent's contract run out. And um, he says, as far as he's aware, he's happy and uh, not expecting... Uh, well, he's certainly said there's been no interest at the moment. So... Um, Casper Smeichel to stay, what do you think? 
Um, I, th- I think it's a difficult one. Uh, I would say that of all Leicester's players, uh, he is the most likely to, to receive interest. Um, I think he's been Leicester's best player this season. He's the only one, you would say, who's performed at a, a higher level uh, compared to last season. Um, in terms of a goalkeeper, he's coming into the right kind of age. He's got that experience, but also he's got plenty of years left ahead of him. Um, so, And also with his performances in the Champions League in particular, he's shown that he can, he can do it on the biggest stage. So I think if there is a team, I know Manchester United and Manchester City are the ones that have been mentioned, but if there is a team that are playing in Europe uh, and they want a new first-choice goalkeeper, uh, I think Kasper Schmeichel would be one of those that they looked at. And I think um, in terms of Kasper's uh, viewpoint, I don't think he would leave Leicester unless he felt he was guaranteed a first team place at, at whichever club he would move to. But he's on a very, very good contract here. Let's mm. see, and he's still got four years to run of that contract as well. So I can't imagine he would desire a move for financial reasons. It would be solely for European Champions League football to enhance his career. He's a, he is a, a, a committed professional <coughs> Excuse me, I, but um, I don't think he. I think if he wanted to move on, it would be for the right reasons. It would be for footballing reasons. But um, he, he's he's got a long contract with this club, so it might not be. It certainly wouldn't be a cheap option for clubs coming in. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of interest in him in the summer, especially from Champions League clubs. But um, it certainly wouldn't come cheap. No, no, uh, not at all. Um, it's because you know we've seen we've seen how the market goes. Uh, these days, um, and you know, you could speculate that, that Leicester could quite comfortably, given the length of Schweiker's contract, they could quite comfortably get you know twenty five million or more, maybe thirty million, um, you know, f- because he is such a, a, a top class goalkeeper. Um, but given the amount of money that teams in the Champions League have, and given the um, how crucial a, a good goalkeeper is, I, I think there would be teams willing to. Big bid, um, oh bid big, sorry, um, but um, you know Leicester do have him under contract, and if they don't feel that they want to sell him, and they don't feel that it's the right time for him to go, they can just turn these bids down. Well, let's talk about uh, transfers because that, the transfer policy, because that did come up in the in the main part of the the press conference. And first of all, there was speculation today that City were in for. Andreas Christensen, the Danish international defender, 21 years old. From He's at Chelsea, contracted with Chelsea, but he's been on loan for the last couple of seasons at Borussia Mönchengladbach, a club I know well. And uh, he's done very, very well there and he's been linked with City, but um, Shakespeare was pretty emphatic in that. He said there's no truth in it. So, uh, But it was then uh, put to him about the amount of money that Leicester City are going to get from the Champions League. And obviously, if they finish in the top half of the Premier League and finish as high as eighth, there's going to be another little bit of a windfall there, isn't there? Yeah, there's uh, plenty of money um, coming around this summer. Um, it seems like Leicester will receive £66 million pounds, uh, for their Champions League exploits based on you know the the number of wins they got in the group stage and <coughs> progressing to the quarterfinals. And they get a, a, a cut um, of the, the TV money as well and a bigger cut because they, they came into it as, as English champions. And obviously, they're getting money from the Premier League as well. Um, I know last season, Leicester finishing as champions earned them just short of £100 million from the Premier League. Um, I don't know what the figure will be this year, but it, it will be probably similar to the, the Champions League figure, probably around £60, £70 million. Um, So there's, there's going to be a big windfall uh, for the club. And I think um, Craig Shakespeare said that he'd... he'd 
obviously like to see some of that invested in the uh, you know in the football department, as he said, and, and in transfers. But he did say that um, it needs to be invested in the community as well, and in in infrastructure and in the academy, uh, and making sure that the club as a whole is 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 well looked after. But I think certainly um, transfers are always the key area um, for the club's uh, short-term success. So I'm sure we'll, um, we'll see City uh, spend a little bit of money this summer. And that's, let's clarify that, that's just prize money we were talking yes. about. That's, not, not, that's separate to the TV revenue, which is absolutely astronomical that comes into the Premier League. So, I mean, this is a very rich club now, isn't it? Yes, definitely. And, you know, all the teams in the Premier League are, but, you know, Leicester's... Um, you know they've been able to market themselves a little bit more over the past uh, eighteen months because of because of they won the league, um, so I'm sure that the club is in a in a better state than it than it ever has been, and we we could see um, a few big money transfers uh, go through over the summer. But who's going to spend that money, Jordan? Once again, uh, the the questions about Shakespeare's long term future were asked. Once again, he's batted them off, saying he's quite happy with how things are. There's been no talks again about whether he's going to take on the job next season or whether he's going to step back down to a number two. Again, there was a large part of this in the embargo sections. We have to be a little bit careful what we say, but uh, uh, he's certainly uh, he's certainly not giving anything away about next season. What what, what do you think? What, what would you like to see happen, and where, which direction do you think Leicester City should go? Um, I, I think they need to, uh, in whichever position. I think they need to keep Cray Shakespeare at the club. I think that's the, the most important thing. Uh, I think given how Leicester have performed and I think um, the way the, the squad respond to Shakespeare and also his, um, you know, the, the tactical side of things, the substitutions he's made, I think particularly against uh, Atletico Madrid at home, um, showed that in the way City rattled them in the second half. Um, I think Shakespeare has shown that he is capable of managing at this level. I think the only downside from the uh, owner's point of view is that He's not a name like Claudio Ranieri was a name who had a long history of managing teams around Europe and who can perhaps um, bring in, you know, it helps market the club if they do have a big name manager, uh, both in terms of players and, you know, bringing in you know more fans around the world. Um, but I think if Leicester were to go for somebody else, um, I would hope that Cray Shakespeare stayed on as assistant manager. We know he's still contracted as uh, assistant manager uh, beyond the summer. Um, and I think that would be the most important thing because I think it really helped that when Ranieri arrived, there was still Shakespeare as a link between the players and the management uh, side of things. So I think that would be my focus, that, that Shakespeare remains at the club, even as, a, as an assistant. My two big fears are if they went in another direction and brought in a, an outside guy, whether it be uh, an overseas manager uh, that came in now, having had a taste of management and been quite successful at winning six of his nine Premier League games, let's add, and uh, guided them to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Would Shakespeare A be happy to go back to being a number two? And would the new guy coming in want the team to go in a completely different direction? If you look at the team at the moment, there's quite a few lads now that are in their 30s and uh, have done very well for the club. And I think if he kept Shakespeare, you'd continue with that trajectory. It'd be a, a bit of an evolution. You might see some players coming, certainly some younger centre-backs coming in and be prepared over the next couple of years to step in uh, gradually for Morgan and Huth. But I think if we had a, a new man come in, the big fear is we would have a revolution like we had with Sven, and we saw what happened there. Yes, and I think that you know that is a little bit of a worry because Leicester are you know performing so well at the minute. This is a, a good uh, period for the club. 
Um, so you don't want to change too many things. And I think Shakespeare um, offers that that stability that that, uh, that the fans clearly want. Yeah, well, let's talk about Watford uh, this weekend. I mean, City have reached 40 points with that win at West Brom, only their second away Premier League win of the season. Uh, we've got a very good uh, home record, though, haven't they, certainly in recent months, and uh, three of the last four games being at home. Well, it's been a lot of talk of relegation battles, hasn't there, in the recent weeks, Jordan, but uh, now we're talking about finishing the top eight. I think I think Leicester can certainly look at that. I think given the fixtures they have left, obviously they've got one extra fixture compared to to most of the sides around them. Uh, but it is a very you know uh, congested battle for that um, you know for those final few places in in the top half. Uh, but I think Leicester can certainly do it. I think I think Watford and Bournemouth at home are both fixtures that they would expect uh, to win. So that you know that'd be six points. I think the way they performed against Manchester City over recent seasons, they might be confident of getting a result there. And that's there's, now there's a little bit of history with Spurs. I think they'll still be up for that as well, um, particularly if, if Spurs still have a, a title to go for. Um, so I think there's certainly a lot uh, going on for Leicester in these final few games. Um, we know we see teams all the time where they hit 40 points and they hit a, hit a bit of a lull and they end up finishing sort of on 45 or 44. Um, but I think um, there's enough... Interest for Leicester and, and Craig Shakespeare said that he's got a, a, a highly motivated squad and a naturally motivated squad. Um, so I think uh, I still think there's still a little bit of interest going into the, the running. There's the prospect as well of, of uh, finishing above in terms of Chelsea's response to being champions last season. This uh, tag that nobody wants of being the worst ever title defence in the Premier League history. Yes, uh, the, if Leicester do win all four games, um, they'll reach 52 points, which will eclipse Chelsea's 50 from last season, which is the, the worst title defence by a, a Premier League team. Um, obviously, going back a long way, we you know, we spoke about it early in the season that Manchester City were relegated as champions in, in 1938. So they wouldn't be, if Leicester finished short of 50, they wouldn't be the worst champions ever. Um, mm. But they would be the worst Premier League champions. Um, but there's still a lot to play for. And I know you're working on a feature on that, Jordan. Yeah. So we'll leave it there on that, so everybody can uh, read your piece uh, next week about um, the history of uh, champions and their defences. So, uh, but check back on the Merca website and our Facebook page for all the stories from today's press conference. They'll be going online throughout this afternoon and tomorrow morning throughout the day. And the build-up to the big game against Watford here at the King Power Stadium. Follow our live blog on Match Day as well on the Mercury website and then buy the Mercury and go on our Mercury website through, uh, through to Monday with all the reaction from the big game. And uh, for that's for now from Dilly Ding Dilly Dong. We'll be back with another podcast next week. Thanks for listening.